In the previous episode, we discussed the police raid on Lady Britain's two homes in March 2015. Those raids were authorised by a search warrant requested at court by Detective Sergeant Eric Sword as part of Operation Midland and signed off by District Judge Howard Riddle. Judge Riddle has since said he was misled into granting those search warrants. In the course of my investigation into the case, I've obtained a copy of that application given to Judge Riddle, and its contents are shocking. It describes Nick as a credible witness who was telling the truth. I asked Lady Britton to talk through that document with me. As a former magistrate of more than 20 years standing, you're familiar with these documents, aren't you? And it's an application to Westminster Magistrates Court. Now, it's dated just a few days before the raid on your homes by uh, Detective Sergeant Eric Sword. And it's basically the Met were seeking permission from Howard Riddle, the district judge, to raid your homes. And they go into details about the allegations made by the man then known as Nick, a.k.a. Carl Beach. There are a lot of boxes which have to be filled out here. And as we know now, everything Beach uh, alleged was completely made up and was testing the ignorance and the stupidity of officers in Operation Midland, led by DAC Rodhouse. But there are some very serious points here around the procedures, weren't they? Because the Met was seeking permission to raid your home because they told the judge this is section 4c entry to the premises will not be granted unless a warrant is produced that was their concern can you imagine a scenario when the police would have turned up at your home and you would have had a standoff with them and said you can't come in here to search my home without a warrant would you have done that yeah i think looking back to that day If the police had come to my home and they'd said to me, we're investigating a criminal matter, your husband is dead, therefore he can never be charged with anything, but what we need to do is to look at diaries, if you like photographs, if you look at this search warrant, which I've never seen before, this um, information, do you mind if we come in and look look at the diaries or take them away? I think I don't see that I would have said no and I certainly wouldn't have prevented their entry, if they were absolutely had been absolutely clear what it is that they were looking for and why, why would you need a search warrant? Why would I not let them in? Because, as you say, you're a law-abiding citizen. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I had no reason to believe that any of this was true. But then why would I not let somebody in to have a look at the diaries or whatever, documents, journals and diaries? appeared to be what they were looking for, though they took a lot more. Mobile phones and computers, indeed. But I was not told the dates, and I don't think they had any reason to believe that any of these items would be there, as we now know the story was a complete fabrication. It also here, a box is ticked evidently by DS Sword, which says that the purpose of a search may be frustrated or seriously prejudiced unless a constable arriving at the premises can secure immediate entry to them. Again, uh, they are suggesting to District Judge Howard Riddle that you may have hidden evidence. Well, you effectively perverted the course of justice. That's, yeah, how, well, that's how I read it. 
Yes, but on what basis would they make that supposition? I mean, the, the DS making the application had no absolutely no idea whether I would let them in or not. But there's no reason to presume that I would not let them in. Therefore, they needed a search warrant. And all that a search warrant means emotionally and the fact it's the invasion of your privacy. And there is uh, also, as well, and I think this is really, really damning of Operation Midland, there is a section here, Lady Britain, section number eight, duty of disclosure. Is there anything of which you are aware that might reasonably be considered capable of undermining any of the grounds of this application, or which for some other reason might affect the court's decision? include anything that might reasonably call into question the credibility of information you have received and explain why you have decided that the information can still be relied upon. So there it is. And in that box, the duty of disclosure box, DS Sword, it would seem, has signed NA, not applicable. So in other words, there was nothing which undermined Nick's allegations now, there were many things at that stage which undermined Nick's allegations, including, I'll just very quickly run through them, believing Nick at the outset of Operation Midland when Wiltshire Police had already cast serious doubts on his credibility, delaying a visit to Nick's mother's home. I mean, she didn't believe him. There was a failure to uh, ask Nick to undergo a full medical examination until 2016. Well, there, there were all sorts of things which seriously undermined his story. Sir Richard Henriquez has been very vocal that there was so much which undermined his credibility, but the Met didn't disclose that to Howard Riddle. Howard Riddle has said he was misled. Well, it's beyond belief, really. Um, but the one thing, of course, you haven't mentioned, which would be another area of incredibility is the fact that you know there were three murders attached to this particular set of allegations and one of them was entirely verifiable as to whether it had happened or not because it took place outside a school and as far as I know that there was no investigation of that and had there been an investigation of that it was would have been clear that that never took place and therefore if a major allegation is not true you know, that's another area of things that undermine the case that they had when they said that there was nothing that would undermine the case for doing the search warrant. It's really serious stuff. It really undermines, in my opinion, the IOPC uh, inquiry, which has been widely labelled a whitewash. I'm just reflecting on what I wrote previously on this. D despite extensive inquiries into Beach's background, police had found no evidence of physical abuse, injury or proof that he'd been absent from school, as he had alleged. No witnesses had come forward despite extensive media coverage. There was no record of the supposed hit-and-run murder of a school friend called Scott in south-west London in 1979, as Beach had claimed, and which you just alluded to. Officers in Operation Midland had traced seven out of eight boys called Scott from Beach's primary school, while the last one was known to have moved to Australia. Interestingly, the Met sent two officers to Australia to confirm in a one-to-one -one with Scott they found over there that he was still alive. 
good use of public money? Not, I don't think. Police had concluded that a supposed witness to the abuse called Fred was either unwilling to engage or was an invention of Beach. It later turned out that Fred was a bogus witness created by Beach. There was no identity for Boy 3, who was allegedly strangled by Harvey Proctor. Officers on Operation Midland had access to an interview he had conducted with Wiltshire Police in 2012 where he made no mention of VIP child sex abuse, torture and murder. And finally, in blogs on the internet before he went to the Met in 2014, Nick, as he was known then, or he was anonymous, let's say, he was anonymous then, but in close contact with Exaro, I believe, he did not mention murders by high-profile figures. Is it any wonder that Sir Richard Henriquez is scathing of the police watchdog and scathing that there hasn't been a proper disciplinary investigation, as he calls it, or criminal charges brought? No wonder. I've never seen this before. And so when I look at reasons for believing material is on those premises, there are things like mobile phones. Well, if... This is allegedly took place in the 1980s. Nobody had a mobile phone. And certainly people didn't have personal computers. This is the very back page. If, any, if images were taken by the victim for retention by his abusers, they would be likely to be kept at addresses they control. Well, difficult to know whether there's any truth in that sort of thing. But certainly the idea of the mobile phone, there were no mobile phones. Not, not, and certainly, I never had a mobile, not this sort of mobile phone. The first thing that came into everybody's idea was, was the Nokia followed by the Blackberry. Mm. But they really weren't in common use until the 1990s. So it's that sort of detail. And, you know, they had no idea about what they'd find on the premises. And, in fact, in, in my two cases, I don't think they knew what they were looking for. They took away a lot of videotapes. You know, video, even videos came in quite late, as all of that. So... And certainly they took a lot of stuff which was absolutely not detailed whatsoever in this search information. They took a great van load of stuff from my attic in North Yorkshire, which turned out to be constituency correspondence, which, of course, was of a personal nature because there's a certain privilege between constituents and they're, they're a member of parliament. But that's what it all was. Practically all of it was just a van load of cleared out from the attic. I'll tell you what else concerns me here in this document. The reference to Nick as the victim. Section 2. The victim in this investigation contacted police in late 2014 detailing allegations of serious historical sexual assaults. Repeatedly he's referred to as a victim. He's not a victim. He was a complainant. He was an alleged victim. That's what Sir Richard said. It is. And but I'm seeing it here for the first time. Yeah. It's shocking to see here. Mm. And the police are still sticking to this line that all accusers should be believed. And you wonder, don't you, Lady Britain? Mm. Well, you may wonder, I should say, whether they're going to learn the lessons of this case. But also... I do wonder. And I do, I do agree with Richard, uh, Sir Richard Enriquez that, in fact, the, quote, alleged victim, unquote, should be called a complainant until time of charge. Now, there's something here as well which doesn't make happy reading for one Steve Rodhouse, the uh, deputy head of the National Crime Agency, one of the most senior law enforcement figures in our country, 
who was a Deputy Assistant Commissioner, Gold Commander of Operation Midland. And it reads this. This is Howard Riddle in a statement on this document, search warrant document, basically authorising the raid on your two homes, six weeks after your husband had died. This is what Howard Riddle says, and I quote, This is clearly a highly sensitive matter. DS Sword satisfied me that the access conditions are appropriate. This has been considered at DAC level. In other words, Steve Rodhouse, that's uh, me saying that, but that's very clear. The police are clearly aware of the need for sensitive handling and not notifying the press at this stage. I continue to quote Mr Riddle, I am satisfied that the warrants are necessary and proportionate, bearing in mind Article 8 of the European Court of Human Rights, in view of the serious nature of the allegation and the detail provided. Mr Riddle has subsequently said in a statement to me that he was misled by the police. Very serious allegation to make and the same allegation made by Sir Richard Henriquez, the distinguished ex-High Court judge. Mm. Reading that, Lady Britain, what's your view? Well, my view, the box here, which I've never seen before, on the decision. Tick. I heard this application today. Tick. The applicant satisfied me about his or her entitlement to make the application. Tick. The applicant confirmed on oath or affirmation the declaration in box 9, which says, to the best of my knowledge and belief, this application discloses all the information that is material to what the court must decide, including anything that might be reasonably or considered capable of undermining any of the grounds of the application, and the content of this application is true. And then the last box, which is left empty, which is very significant, says... The application gave me additional information, the essence of which was, and then it says non-applicable. So this is the most extraordinary search warrant I think I've ever seen, when the information that might support the application is not there and is not indeed even included. And so Judge Riddle presumably believed the fact that the application had been signed off at a very senior level and he would have taken, I suppose, some comfort in that. And he had no reason, I suppose, at the time to believe that he was not being told the entire story. And that's what I find quite amazing. I asked to see this months ago at the very beginning of the investigation and was, was told it was not for me to see. Although the magistrate's court, probably, if I'd applied to them, might have let me see it, I don't know. But it was something that I needed to see because I wanted to know what the allegations were in the absence of me being told what they were or indeed what dates they were. And I'm not sure there are any dates put in here. But it's, it's rather amazing. I said, having not seen this before, this information upon which that search warrant was based, it is, for me as an ex-magistrate, something that I would have been amazed at seeing myself. I mean, to be fair to Mr Riddle, I mean, he says here, and there's no hiding place, that he is aware that this has been considered at DAC level. He had some trust in that, quite clearly. Yeah. yeah. So that was almost, you know, you could perceive that as a selling point 
for the warrant application that this has been considered at mm. DAC level. Because it wasn't usual, mind you, this is such a sensitive case that he would have been aware of it. But interesting that no more is said on this little bit at the end. It would have been nice, actually, to have seen his notes taken at the time if he took any. And let's be clear here, sensitive case, never in the history of the Metropolitan Police had there been a triple murder investigation involving a former Prime Minister, a former Home Secretary, a former MP, Harvey Proctor, sex abuse allegations made against former head of MI5, former head of MI6. Jimmy Savile was chucked in by Carl Beach as well. Never before in the history of the Metropolitan Police had there been an investigation like this. And Mr Riddle was right, wasn't he, that this had to be treated with the utmost sensitivity, but he was reassured that DAC Rodhouse had overseen this. That's what I presume was in his mind at the time. The police watchdog took three years to clear DS Sword and two other relatively junior detectives in relation to the search warrant applications. Mr Rodhouse was fast-tracked, cleared of misconduct within four months. As I understand it, without being interviewed. Nor was Mr MacDonald, Kenny MacDonald. I think probably I'm speechless. I'm Stephen Wright, and you've been listening to a Mail Plus True Crime Special, a series of interviews with Lady Britain, widow of the former Home Secretary, Leon Britton.